all set up and ready to go at World Cup Coffee and Tea at Northwest 18th and Gleason for an OMN Coffee Shop Conversation number 147. I'm Tom D'Antoni, and the coffee shop with me is trumpeter Paul Mazzio, a mainstay in the Oregon jazz world for a long time. He has his own ensembles, but he's also known as one of those go-to guys when fine players want to add a trumpet to their recordings or live performances. He's versatile enough to have toured with Woody Herman and Delbert McClinton and has chops enough to play with Alan Jones. He's from Portland, went to Sunset High even. He has classical training, but he's known for his jazz playing. Trumpet players are a singular breed. Even when they're playing soft, there's something about the instrument that says, Look at me! Is Paul like that? Well, let's find out. Paul, welcome to the cupping room. Thank you, Tom. That's where we are, uh-huh. the cupping room here. Our benefactors, World Cup Coffee and Tea, Northwest 18th and Gleason, um, where we do these things. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, all right, look, let's, let's, the, we're both Italian, and I always see your name. Uh-huh. I've seen you, of course, I've heard you play for years and years. Yes, yes, yes. I always see your name, and I'm wondering to myself, does, how come he doesn't pronounce it Mazio? <laughs> Well, What's the right pronunciation? Mazio is the, is the correct. I'm so glad to hear that. It is. And it seems like my dad was the last one that, that uh, pronounced it that way. But, yeah, it's, it's, uh, there's been many uh, offshoots of it. Mazio is com- completely acceptable. Yeah, I know. I, I understand. <laughs> but Mazio is correct, yes. It is correct. Like pizza. Two Zs. Of course. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I have had uh, trouble my entire life uh-huh. with the apostrophe uh-huh. in my name. Uh-huh. Right. Until Mike D'Antoni, the basketball coach, oh. came on the scene. Uh-huh. Now everybody knows how to say my name. I went through 60 years of not having my name pronounced correctly. And now. Now it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nice to see you. Nice to see you. And you're a trumpet player. Yes, sir. Why are you a trumpet player? Oh, man. <laughs> I keep asking myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I mean, you could have you you, you picked up the guitar and, yeah, had, and gotten right. all the girls. Well, you know, my dad was a piano player, a very good uh-huh. piano player. Uh-huh. And uh, he wanted to pursue music. And uh, unfortunately, the four kids got in the way. So he, got oh. his, he was an English teacher at, uh, at Sunset. Really? Uh-huh. He ran the, the, he was chairman of the English department there. And uh-huh. uh, what's later, the... Uh, um, uh, language arts consultant for the state of Oregon. He worked down in Salem with uh-huh. Vern Duncan and all that stuff. But anyway, there was music going on in the house all the time. And uh, we, uh, What all kind the, of music? Oh, uh, my father loved uh, Ellington and he loved Beethoven. Uh-huh. And so he there was always uh, music going on in the house. <clears throat> so uh, all the boys, you know, I have a, a twin sis, an older brother and a younger brother. Huh. Identical? Uh, well, twin sister. That's what I mean. So, no. Can you be? Not, no. No, we're not, we're not identical. No. Uh, oh, you can't be identical if you're the same gender? Be, I don't know. I don't, I've never That's known a, that. Boy, is that I've ever an ignorant answer In by me? But, I've yeah, never thought of that. I'm not sure, Tom. <laughs> so, anyways, we all started out on piano. You did? Yeah. And then um, my dad took me to Beaverton Music. Uh, uh, I was nine years old and... Uh, uh, you know, I saw that trumpet, that con director trumpet, man, and I just thought it was, how do you get all those sounds out of those three valves, you know? <laughs> and so my, uh, they started me out on lessons summer after fourth grade, and, uh, you know, I've just kind of been uh, 
hooked on it ever since, you know. Fourth? Fourth grade, yeah. So that way, when fifth grade started, I was, I had a little head start on the kids, so, you know, that was very motivating to me, you know, because I could be, you know, I knew a little more than the other guys. So that was, oh. <laughs> it was something that I that I was I was I was okay at, you know, right uh-huh. away. So yeah, uh, so it was uh, a good thing f- for my self esteem back, you know, in grade school and stuff. And I just kind of kept pursuing it. And then <clears throat> by the time I got to high school, I really had the bug, and I I I knew that I was going to keep playing. And, and uh-huh. uh, what did they teach you in grade school? I mean, really, how do you teach a, a little kid like that to play the trumpet? I mean, I can understand some other instruments. You, yeah. you, can, you, can, you, can, you can play a piano, cause it's, but the trumpet well, requires but, so much of you. Yeah, right. Well, you know, the beginning band, I mean, once you, you learn those first couple notes, it's like, mm-hmm. well, you want to learn more, you want to learn how to play higher and stuff. And I had a good teacher as a young kid, and so he had me working out of, we were working out of the Arbenz method very early on. And What's Ar- that? Arbenz is kind of the main staple uh, trumpet literature book, mm-hmm. uh, the Arbenz uh, conservatory method. So I was working on that stuff early on. So, huh. and, and big, thick, it's like a phone book, you know. And uh, it's, oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> so anyways, I was working out of the Arbenz pretty early. Huh. Early on, and so I was very motivated, and huh. you know. And do you then, have, do you have do you have any idea what got you with the trumpet? Uh, well, I thought of first of all, I thought it was a very cool looking instrument to begin yes. with. I thought it was okay. just really cool looking. There you go. And um, you know, how do you buzz your chops and get <laughs> notes out of that thing? And uh-huh. then when you start to figure out, oh my gosh, that's one and two can be an E, and it can be an A, and it can be a C sharp. <laughs> it's like wow. You know, so yeah. it was really interesting to me. The uh-huh. physics of the instrument were kind of interesting. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, and what about the sounds that you can make? The trumpet players have a, are, are are expressive of their own personalities. Yeah. You know, because it's it, you're it's like you're the bugle you, you're the bugle call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Um, what does Winton say? He says a trumpet is a very noble instrument. You yeah. know. <laughs> As a kid growing up, well, what, what were my influences? Because we didn't have YouTube. We didn't have uh-huh. that kind of stuff. Well, my dad had some Al Hurt records. Al Hurt? Yeah. yeah that's great. And, uh, and he had some Louis Armstrong records. Uh-huh. And then on TV, uh, my main, one of my main influences was Doc Samerson on The Tonight Show. You wow. know, you live for that 30-second spot where they're playing the band <laughs> and there's Doc... So I was yeah. I was always attracted to the, um, you know, the brightness of the instrument, uh-huh. the brilliance of the instrument. Yeah. Were you aware that Doc was an Oregonian? I was aware of that. Ah. Yeah, yeah, that guy was my hero. You know, as wow. a young, as a young man, and uh-huh. then you get into high school, and then I discovered uh, uh, s- some jazz recordings. You know, Freddie Hubbard. I really got into Freddie's um, CTI recordings in the seventies. I thought I would really like that. And then Chuck Mangione was on the scene when I was a high school kid. Oh yeah, and Maynard Ferguson. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Chuck Mangione was my f- uh, kind of first exposure to the flugelhorn. And so I, I, you know, I've always since high school I've always really enjoyed the flugelhorn and the the softer timbre that that instrument gets. Okay, what? Well, tell me the difference. Uh, flugelhorn. <clears throat> Is a trumpet with a glandular problem? No, it's a, <laughs> it's the same. It's the old joke. It's a good joke. It's a good joke. Yeah. Um, well, flugelhorn's the same amount of tubing, 
much mellower sound, you know, much wider. It's a, uh, mm-hmm. it's a conical bore as opposed to uh, a trumpet, which is a straight, a straight bore. Or is it a tapered bore, and the, tr- and the straight bore is the conical bore? Flugelhorn mm-hmm. is a tapered bore that gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So, uh-huh. so it's just the same, uh, same fingerings, uh, same, same key. It's pitched in B-flat, uh, basically has the same range, uh, but a much mellower sound. And um, so, mm-hmm. and uh, for me, it's a little more forgiving of an instrument to play. It's not as hard mm-hmm. to play as a trumpet. <clears throat> and so, for jazz stuff, uh, I find myself being more and more drawn to playing the flugelhorn uh, because I like that. I like that voice better. It's easier to be intimate on the instrument. You know, just the way you hold the instrument. It's the valves are closer mm-hmm. closer to you. Everything mm-hmm. seems to be a little closer to you, mm-hmm. and it's a warmer sound. And oh. It's a little more forgiving to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trumpet's hard to play. Trumpet's uh, trumpet is not one of the easier instruments to play, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's uh, just as you get older too, you discover that. But <clears throat> uh, no, it takes a lot of compression, and it's a very physical instrument, you know. Huh. Uh. Um, but uh, I enjoy the challenge of it. Uh-huh. Still do. Wow. You know, it's been forty. Let's see, I'm fifty-eight, and I start with well, you. Must. So it's been a long, almost fifty yeah. years I've been yeah. playing that thing. Well, you had classical training, right? I did. Yeah. 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 I uh, uh, here in town, <clears throat> I studied with. At the time, gosh, we're going, okay, we're going to go all the way back. Sixty-nine. I studied with a guy named Rick Smith, who uh-huh. was principal in the Portland Junior Symphony. Then after Rex, I studied with Fred Sauter, who was principal in the Oregon Symphony. And yeah. Fred, to this day, was probably the most uh, influential teacher that I've ever had. He was just great. Mm-hmm. He was really great. And he really prepared me uh, to move on to North Texas State because he went there. So he really uh-huh. prepared me on the literature. Mm-hmm. And through Fred, I was able to study with a lot of other great teachers. Like Is, is Fred still around? Fred is still around. He's retired from the symphony. And yeah. I believe he's if he has not... Moved to Bend. He's getting ready to move to Bend. Still plays and still does clinics and, and mm-hmm. some stuff like that. But, uh, you know, Fred, uh, through Fred, I was able to study with Vince Chickowitz, who was with the Chicago Symphony, and Louis Ranger, mm-hmm. and Claude Gordon, and uh, all these uh, all these great guys. And, and uh, So you're one of the few people who can do both. Well, <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I'm... I feel fortunate to have the classical training. I do a handful of classical gigs, but I leave that really t- to the guys that re- really know how to play that. Yeah, I still get a handful of uh, classical gigs a year. I'm working Easter here this weekend. Really? Yeah. And uh, what will you be playing? I'm playing at. Uh, I'm playing with a brass quartet and choir, ah. and it's, I've been doing it for the last 20 years at St. Bart's in uh, Beaverton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I'm not sure what we'll be playing, but be really? a, there'll be a big organ and a choir and a brass quartet involved. So, so we'll have a rehearsal Saturday uh, morning, and then we'll hit and <laughs> do two services Sunday. So, wow! Yeah, yeah. Jeez, that's before the David Watson gig. Talk about shifting gears. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so we've got these these uh, these cliches about about. Um, classical musicians versus jazz musicians. Uh-huh. What is your take on that? I mean, first of all... Well, I, first of all, I have an appreci- a deep appreciation for both. Yeah. You know, and with the advent of guys like Wynton Marsalis and guys like that that have come on the scene, mm-hmm. he's shown that it's, 
he has raised the bar. Uh-huh. And so, and now I see the young guys coming up, <clears throat> the, uh, the young uh, trumpet players coming up, and they can do both, and they can do mm-hmm. it really well. Uh-huh. And I, uh, my feeling is if you're grounded on classical trumpet playing, it just enhances your jazz playing. Really? You know, yeah. It just, it just if, you, if the more technical ability you have on the instrument, I think the better off you are. So the old cliche about the classical musicians can't improvise, that's <laughs> going by the wayside. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think a lot of the guys uh, can do both. And um, what was I going to say? I had an interesting thing. You know, it is just. Uh, I, I used to have talks uh, about this with my brother, who was a classical trombonist, ah. a very good one. And you say classical uh, musicians uh, interpret the music, interpret the music, and uh, jazz. The musicians compose spontaneously on the music. Hmm. Both have their both have their uh, virtues, yeah. their validity. Yeah. So I'm always in awe when I hear uh, a great trumpet player. I mean, if you listen to the organ symphony these days, man, I mm-hmm. mean, the, the trumpet section is great, really great. And uh, <clears throat> you know, I'm just blown away by those guys. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's either good music or bad music, you yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, and again, you know, you look at guys that are refined at the level of Wynton Marsalis. Yeah. Their classical playing has only enhanced their ability to, co- to communicate jazz, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, Wynton's uh, articulation on the instrument only enhances his ability to communicate jazz. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> I always say, yeah, get a, get a, Get a well-rounded uh, education on uh-huh. the instrument. Uh-huh. Yeah, is it is it a different experience for you playing in a classical ensemble than it is in a jazz? Oh yeah. Jazz oh, what's yeah. the difference? Well, it's kind of a different discipline. I mean, yeah. if you're playing in a section, if you're if you're playing in a brass section, uh, sometimes your responsibilities are to match the lead player, or your responsibilities are to play in tune, or, or your responsibility is to interpret the music the way the conductor wants you to. Ah. In a jazz setting, uh, it's, it's a little more freer situation, but it's also uh, a, very, on the leader. A, a very disciplined situation because if yeah. someone calls a tune, you're responsible for knowing the form, you're responsible for knowing the, the harmonic motion of that tune and mm-hmm. where it's going. Uh, you have to have facility and technique on the instrument to be able to play any given tempo, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's uh, a di- it's a different discipline, you know. It's a mm. different discipline, mm. and they're both can be very exposed. <laughs> you what do you know? mean? Well, uh, in a classical situation, if you're in a brass quintet or something like that, boy, you really you don't have uh, uh, you don't have too many places to hide. Yeah. Your part <laughs> is very very uh, exposed, especially if you're playing something like a Gabrielli piece where everybody mm-hmm. has uh, kind of a separate line. A lot of uh, counterpoint going on. Uh-huh. You miss a beat, oh, you boy. lose your focus. Wow. That throws the whole thing out of the way. Same thing in a jazz situation. You know, uh-huh. if you don't know the bridge to a yeah. certain tune, it can yeah. be kind of <laughs> humbling. <laughs> so I've been doing a lot of more small group stuff uh, as of late, and it, it reminds me that I have to go back and relearn my tunes, my standards, because I forget. Yeah, uh, you know, I forget bridges right. on certain tunes, or yeah. they'll call a tune I haven't played in 15 years, and it's, 
And so I got to go back to the real book and look it over, you know, yeah. or look it yeah. up and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. you're constantly a student of the instrument, that's for sure. Now, you, you lead a band of your own, right? Yeah, I've been doing more lately. Um, there's some clubs in town that have been calling on a figure, fairly regular basis, Czars on First. Have you uh-huh. been there? Nope. They're uh-huh. booking music. South Fork is booking music. Yeah. Crystals in Salem is booking music. Uh-huh. Uh, the Corkscrew mm-hmm. in Selwood is booking uh, music. Who's in your band? Uh, lately, it just depends, Tom. But I've been using um, lately. I've been using a trio format. Mm-hmm. Just because it's interesting and also financially, you can. Yes. It's better than we're <laughs> right. And you know. You, you want to give everybody as fair a wage as you possibly can. So lately I've been using Dan Schulte on bass a lot. Uh-huh. Dan's great. We worked years ago with Alan Jones Sextet. Uh-huh. And I really like Dan's playing because, uh, you know, he has a sense of urgency in his pulse yeah. that I like. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and I've also been using uh, David Kim, a young pianist, mm-hmm. plays great. Uh, he's been. Uh, I, I met David through David Watson's band, mm-hmm. and then sometimes I use um, Tony Passini, mm-hmm. and sometimes I like to use Mike Horsfall on vibes. Mm-hmm. But so, no drummer. No drummer lately, ah. but that's going to change when I can get into quartet formats. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah. But uh, and that's and that's kind of interesting too because. Uh, so who's the timekeeper? Well, we all are kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you got a good pace payer, you're in good shape. You're in good shape. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing lately. And we basically play. We play a little bit of original music, but mostly just standards, bebop tunes, and mm-hmm. then um, you know, great American standards. Mm-hmm. So, just work out on that stuff, you know. Well, people like that stuff. Yeah, I they do. do. I do too. And yeah. I still work with Ed Bennett's uh, quintet uh-huh. as often as I can, um, and then David Watson's band. And uh, uh-huh. um, you know, for years, uh, I did a fifteen-year stint with Alan Jones yeah. Sextet, and yeah. that was a great experience. We did a couple of really nice records. And was that the one that didn't have any tunes or personnel listed on the, on the cover? Could have been. <laughs> Could have been. I never forget. I, Could have been. I, I took. I took. I, I had just gotten. I took it with me out to the station. Opened it up. And, <laughs> yeah. I'll play a tune here, but I. I don't know who. I know. I Alan, think. I know. Alan's I think on that it. was the unsafe record. I yeah. don't know which, what what the tune name of the tune is or who else is on it, but I'll play it. Well, you remember the Jazz <laughs> Diopas days, I'm sure. sure. We had, we were there for years yeah, on yeah. Wednesdays. And, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's what's been the going on. Audiences I've ever seen. Pardon? The rudest audiences I've ever seen were in Jazz yeah. Opus. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're used to it, I guess. So. <laughs> really. I mean, you know, I, when I moved here, I was I, I moved in 97, and I wasn't used to have rude audience. I mean, Baltimore is a rude city <laughs> in general, but not, audience is not rude. You know, and they came to, they came to, to, to they paid money to go hear music. They listen to the music. Yeah, yeah. And I guess I was, I used to get really angry. Uh, yeah, I've just kind of grown to accept it. You know, another thing about playing music that has a softer tone. Yeah. Is that sometimes that brings, that draws the audience in. Yes. Oh, you're right. You don't have to say right. anything. You're right. Pretty soon, yeah. it draws them in. Yeah. Not always. Right, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it does. Do you ever, you ever have the opposite? 
Where you, you start to play louder because you, you, you're trying to hear yourself over the audience. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then they get louder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funny how that happens. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. I remember um, uh, I, was so, I was so outraged one time when Three Lake Torso had their first CD release. Uh-huh. And, and a, bunch of, a whole bunch of people were standing over at the bar. I forget it was some, yeah. where the ballroom is downtown. Uh-huh. And, you know, Three Leg Torso is playing their wonderful yeah. you know, stuff. Interesting and I, stuff. And these people over at the bar just kept being, and I just went over and gave them a, gave them a lot Did of you? shit. Yeah. yeah. Good. I just, yeah. I, yeah. But I was fresh out of Baltimore. Uh-huh. Okay? uh-huh. And the, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I hadn't learned to hold my tongue quite as much. Yeah. Heard, although uh, I've, uh, re- you know, some of the more recent gigs, there doesn't seem to be that m- much. That doesn't seem to be as much of a problem. Like uh, we'll work down at Christos. That's a listening audience. Uh-huh. And then uh, many of the, you know, the the years at Jimmy Max. Yeah. In oh, general, Jimmy they're Max listening. A, no, Jimmy Max was not a rude audience. Yeah, no. But okay. I know what you're saying. I definitely yeah. know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Part it goes with the territory, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So you work on you 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 work on a lot. You... Yeah. Uh, it's on and off. You know. It's uh, yes. a Portland is is it's you know you would consider kind of a mid market size mm-hmm. uh, town, but uh, yeah, you know it gets it it picks up. Um, I had a, you know, I was just looking, to, I was looking at March, and uh, yeah, you know, it was, uh, it was pretty busy and a lot of interesting work, mm-hmm. and then it starts to get busy in the summer. The summer months are, are really busy, but I was just looking at March, I had, uh, uh, I was just looking here, some interesting, uh, an interesting variety of gigs. You yeah. Know? Uh, oh, that's at, good. A gig at Crystal's, a gig with Tony Starlight. Which is kind of an interesting. Uh, oh, I'm gig. So, I like working with with Tony. It's I know a, you do. It's I've a seen, lot of fun. I, I, saw you, I saw you there at the old place. Yeah, Kayatza does those gigs too. Yes, so we got a couple Mary Italians in the gigs. band. Yeah, Mary Sue does. Yeah, those Mary gigs. Sue does it too. Yeah. But I also played with my alma mater, Mount Hood Community College. I Great. played guested uh, with uh-huh. the uh, jazz band yeah. uh, in March. I had to. I, I was asked many times to judge the sing for your supper finals at Tony's. <laughs> <laughs> And I know, I, I know you were there. You were there. Yeah, it was fun. It is fun. And yeah, sort of. Yeah. You don't have to listen if you, if you try not to listen. Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, I did a few of those. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, work is work is on and off. But uh, um, there some... seems to be more clubs right now than there has been for a while. Yeah, I was just thinking that. You yeah, know? I was just yeah. I was just trying to think of some. There's Czar, South Fork, Five Hundred Three. Yeah. They, they, um, yeah. And all the owners are into it. They're all into having jazz music in their venues. Imagine and, that. Yeah, can you believe it? Yeah. And Corkscrew. So there's there's four places right there, and then you have Jack London Review. So, yeah. you know, hopefully with the growth of the town, maybe mm-hmm. maybe the uh, the live music scene will, will pick up. Go- you never know. But it comes and goes, doesn't it? Town's changed, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Just just driving here. Some, I haven't right. been down here in a while. Just. Oh. Just mm-hmm. this complex right here on the corner of uh, of eighteenth uh, and or fourteenth and Gleason. It's, yeah, jeez, I know. They're every, every other block. You got. Yeah, yeah. Where are these people going to park? 
They're, they're not. <laughs> they're not. They're just not going to. The town's changed, hasn't it? It really yeah, has. Yeah. Even in twenty the twenty years I've been here, yeah, yeah. twenty one, I guess. Yeah, it's changed. Um, well, uh, you, do you also teach? I teach on Wednesday afternoons. Uh-huh. Yeah, I still teach on Wednesday afternoons from four to seven. So that's filled up right now. But at, at, where do you where do you, at, I go over? Uh, I teach at the Portland Youth Jazz Orchestra ah. uh, studio uh-huh. over uh, in Southwest off of Twilliger and Taylor's Ferry. Ben Medler runs the. The uh, Pai Joe program there, uh-huh, so uh-huh. Uh, I rent a little studio back there Wednesday uh, uh-huh. afternoons and teach. What yeah. what age group do you teach? It varies. Mm-hmm. I go, I've got my youngest is uh, sixth grade, Ooh. and then I get a lot of, I call them comeback players, guys that uh, played in in school, and then they had real jobs and family, you know, yeah. they raised families, yeah. and now yeah. they want to play again, so uh-huh. six to 60, I guess, would be a good way to... Uh-huh. To say, but I get a lot of uh, high school age and a couple college, huh. Huh. college guys. Huh. But I'm I'm kind of paring down the teaching uh, these days. You really? Know? Yeah, just you know, yeah. Just I still do it, but but uh, I I just want to do one day. Oh, that's good. Yeah. 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 Get it all done in one yeah. day. You get, you get you get you get a lot out of it. I do, I do. Yeah, yeah it's rewarding, especially when you see yeah. uh, kids that have, you know, kept going on it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. So it is rewarding, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Um, the, the personality of a trumpet player. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that can really go a lot of directions. <laughs> you know, <laughs> see, when I was a little kid, the trumpet was what I played. You yeah. Know? And I can't say that I had any conscious ideas of that I was expressing my personality as loudly as I could on the trumpet. <laughs> but I understand myself now, and I think that's what I was doing. <laughs> it's just, what about you? Well, uh, it, does make, you, you, it does make a, a large statement. Trumpet it does. Does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. 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 <laughs> If an oboe player walked in a room and a trumpet player walked in the room, you probably know which one played which. <laughs> right. If, if, they were, if they were standing on one side of the Mississippi, the oboe player and Buddy Bolden was something You would probably side. know. You would hear Buddy Bolden. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, gosh, you know, and all, uh, if you're serious about the trumpet, you know, as a high school kid, you wanted to play. Once you heard Maynard Ferguson and Doc Severance and these guys, mm-hmm. you know, you know, of course, you want to try to be the lead trumpet player. That's uh, that's they get all the glory and stuff. But as I as I got older and physically un- understood my limitations on the instrument, <laughs> you you know, you become a little more grounded. But yeah, you have to be pretty uh, willing to step on it on occasion because yeah. if you're going to make a mistake, you know the old adage: if you're going to make a mistake, let them hear it. You know. <laughs> So you can't be afraid to, to step on it and, and, and be humiliated on occasion, that's for sure. <laughs> you gotta be, you've got to have some degree of confidence if you're going to play a trumpet, that's right. for sure. Right, and, and you must have something to say. Yeah. you got to have something yeah. to say. Absolutely. More than almost, that, more, except for, I guess, you know, rock guitar or something like that. You know, nothing, nothing, no other instrument that says, look at me. Yeah, yeah pretty much. the trumpet. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's, that's very true. Are you like that in other, other aspects of your life, or is this, is this where it comes out? 
Uh, what do you mean now? You mean the... They look at me part. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, you know, uh, I, love, I love music and I love the challenge of playing the trumpet. And uh, I'm, I'm working hard on trying to be a better jazz player, uh-huh. you know, more on the creative side of things. Um, so, you know, as I get older, uh, I'm still a, a student of the instrument, and mm-hmm. my he- I take my health seriously, Tom. You yeah, know? yeah. My mom was diabetic, mm. and I lost a, a brother at 53 from a stroke. Mm. So, uh, and when I was in my late 40s, I was 190 pounds, and uh-huh. I decided to... Um, change that up. So I'm an avid um, jogger, and yeah, and uh, and I do circuit training and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to keep playing. And one of the essential things of playing the trumpet well, man, is you got to you've got to be. I feel you have to be uh, physically <laughs> up to the challenge because yeah. it does not get easier. And huh. um, so, you know, I walk uh, an hour every every morning, and that gets the machine going. You know. Yeah, it gets the machine going. That's good. So that's good. Uh, so my health and my music uh, are. But as you get older, you find yourself playing more flugelhorn than trumpet. Uh, because I like that voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah I really yeah. do like that voice, and uh, and my trumpet sound is pretty bright, you know, yeah. and it generally gets pretty loud. So uh, the flugelhorn reigns that in. Yeah. And uh, I'm it's able to be a, more fluid on that instrument. Expresses just a, just a, you express a, a different side of you. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of the rooms that you play jazz in in here kind of lends itself to flugelhorn playing. It's uh-huh. usually the rooms uh-huh. are can yeah. be smaller. Yeah. And, so, what kind of instruments do you use? What brands? Yeah. Are, well, I play. Uh, my flugelhorn is made by a guy named Zig Canstel mm-hmm. uh, out of Anaheim, California, and it's their large bell, copper bell flugelhorn. Mm-hmm. And it plays, uh, it plays great. I've been playing it for about 17, 18 years wow. now. And uh, the intonation on it, as far as I can tell, is pretty good. And uh, it's a very warm-sounding instrument. And the trumpet, uh, I played a Bach Strad, uh, wore it out for 20 years, and it's just <laughs> about worn out. So now I'm playing a, a trumpet uh, made by Carol, C-A-R-O-L. Uh-huh. And uh, the instrument is made in Taiwan, believe it really? or not. And um, this instrument <clears throat> has the same bell size as my box strad. It's mm-hmm. a 72 gold bell, mm-hmm. and it's a medium-large instrument. And uh, the horn plays great. And it's, the response is quicker than on my Bach. And, uh, and so I've been giving it a try. I've been playing it for a couple months now, and it's so far so good. <laughs> well, that's good. So, yeah. So are you going reti- to retire the other one? I've still got it. Yeah. And I'm going I'm to have it. Uh, I'm going to have the valves redone on it. I'm going to have it. Uh, overhauled, and I think I'll always have it. It's uh-huh. a Bach uh, Vindabona, seventy-two bell. It's it's a it's a really nice horn, but what it's you, wearing out. What do you like about the Monette mouthpieces? Uh, well, you know, there's a method to Dave's madness. His his uh, instrument design, his mouthpieces are a little shorter than a conventional trumpet, uh-huh. B flat trumpet mouthpiece, and uh, and the throats are generally larger. Uh-huh. So he has uh, the physics of his mouthpiece make make you play the trumpet differently. Mm-hmm. They make you play the the trumpet differently, and I think uh, his mouthpieces play wonderfully in tune. And I use his I play a B four uh, model mouthpiece. That's a, uh-huh. which is a 
the equivalent of, I believe, a Bach one and a half C rim. It's a pretty big mouthpiece, and I use it on the classical stuff. Uh. And I used it for all playing for many, many years, including all the Alan Jones stuff. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I've gone to a little smaller mouthpiece Mm -hmm. as I've gotten older. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but I still use that uh, Dave's mouthpiece for the classical stuff. It has a sound. And it makes you play the horn. He says it makes you play the horn. When you go into the upper slots of the instrument, you mm-hmm. play the horn neutrally, physically. In other words, traditionally trumpet players uh, tend to tense up in the upper register. With Dave's mouthpieces, if you're playing them correctly, and with his horns too, that tension, you don't have to play with that tension. Huh. And uh, so I still play them. I don't play them all the time. It depends on, again, it depends on what the playing situation mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but uh, Dave's stuff is great. I see a lot of guys uh, play him. A lot of guys in town play him. I know Thomas Barber plays the, uh-huh. uh, the Monette stuff, and he sounds terrific on it. And uh, some of the young, younger guys, uh, Charlie Porter, Porter's playing a Monette trumpet. Sounds mm-hmm. beautiful on it. The Oregon Symphony, all those guys are playing Monette stuff. Yeah? Yeah. They're wow. good. Wow. Well, listen, thank you for coming in. Yeah, appreciate it. I hope that was... This uh, feels terrific. Yeah. I love getting, I love getting musicians to talk about their instruments. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. they like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and nobody ever asks them about I know, it. Oh, it's true. You know, I mean, it's really... I, I, I discovered this years ago when I was doing um, the Baltimore Orioles pregame shows. Uh-huh. Wow. And I, would, and I would have a regular feature where I would ask one of the players about their some piece of gear, like the catcher's mitt. And they'd just go on and, and on. Nobody ever asked me that before. <laughs> so I learned, well, you know, yeah. tools of the trade, yeah. you know. Maybe someday we'll have uh, Major League Baseball in Portland. What do you think? Uh, no. No, it's not going to happen. Never going to happen, no, unfortunately. Absolutely. It's going to be the Portland Pickles, isn't it? The for... Pickles. <laughs> Got to love the Pickles. Got to love the Pickles. Oh, boy. <laughs> Don't get you started, right? Really, don't get me started. (laughs) All right, man. Thanks a lot. All right, Tom. Thank you. you.